Welcome to the Career Happy Mums podcast. This podcast is here to help you if you are considering career change or job change or returning to work after a career break. I'm here to share advice, tools and tips, as well as bring you guests onto the podcast that will show you that career change is possible. I'm Rebecca Amin, your host. I'm a career coach and I help parents who are unhappy in their careers to stop going around in circles and to find that path back to being career happy again. I also run my Facebook group called Career Happy Mums. So do search for that and join if you haven't already. So in today's episode, I'm extremely excited to welcome my guest today, um, Amanda Newman. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, Becky. I'm good, thanks. Are you? Yeah, I'm very well, very well. So Amanda and I know each other through her amazing free Facebook group, The Career Mum, which has now got over 6,000 members. Um, and I, we were just having this chat, weren't we, that I feel like we we know each other really well, but we've actually never spoken before today. So. I mean, we've chatted so much offline and we've seen each other speaking in, in our own vlogs and um, the, the weekly session you do that mm. we feel we know each other. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've had various crossovers in different communities and things. So, um, so yeah, so it's really, really lovely to, to have you here. And I'm really excited for our chat, chat. But let me just sort of give a bit of an intro to who Amanda is first. So Amanda Newman is a senior manager in business and technology delivery for Accenture based in Manchester. After studying maths and computing at university, Amanda aligned her love of technology and maths by starting her career on an IT help desk at IBM. Shortly after, she moved to Shell, which led to a 20-year successful career spanning many different roles, most notably working with the Shell business to keep global fuel stations connected and innovative. Amanda led, also led the UK Women in, Network, in IT Network for Shell, and since then she has spoken on tech panels, mentored business startups, helped schools design STEM pathways. After Shell, Amanda worked at Microsoft before joining Accenture in September 2019. Amanda's very passionate about STEM careers and encourages others to consider the vast and wonderful opportunities in this area. And in her spare time, as we mentioned, um, Amanda has her blog and her free Facebook community, The Career Mum, which I would encourage you all to join if you're not in there already. So a big intro, quite a lot to, <laughs> to share, but welcome. Great to have you here. Um, so as is clear from that intro, you know, you haven't had a sort of big career change and I guess that's what's slightly different about this episode we're not necessarily talking about huge career changes but more your sort of career development as a working mum so um um so you've clearly carved this incredible successful career in tech um you've got this passion for for tech for maths for computing um you're also really passionate about sort of women diversity education where does all this passion come from and kind of you seem like such a you know vibrant passionate person just tell us a bit more yeah about where all these different sort of passion projects come um, from do you think I think probably because I struggled academically growing up um and I would never have imagined that I would have gone into a career in tech mm. um also when I went to do my degree it was predominantly men doing maths and computing the math side there was um there was more women like the more women than on on the computing side of the course mm. But it made me realise, um, 
I think it was when I joined Shell actually, and there was a really inspiring woman who became a sponsor to me who very early on, so this was like in the 90s, she set up um, a local women in tech community Mm. within Shell. And it made me realize that actually we have to support each other more. We have to encourage people to reach the potential. There are going to be bumps in the road and it is harder as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. But in some in some ways it can be easier having a career in tech as a woman, because if you are if you are high, you know, if you if you achieve well, if you perform well, then there's so much opportunity. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like having that sort of almost a role model and, and having it demonstrated to you that actually having that sponsorship, having that support, having that that um, that network around you is is really sort of what drove your passion to, to do similar things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, sometimes I push myself out of my comfort zone, like speaking mm-hmm. at events. Um, I don't really enjoy public speaking, but I recognize that so many women have done that around me through my career that I looked up to that it's it's my turn now to step up and be that role model for others. It's really interesting you say you don't really enjoy that because I guess what I, you know, you're as I say I don't know you really well other than the sort of social media world and and sort of obviously do have personal connection through the the group and things but I don't know, it's really interesting that you can really assume that somebody oh they, they must really love all that because they they use that's what we see you doing but yeah and I've learned how to do it to set myself up for yeah. success because I've done a few independent kind of key almost keynote and I felt a bit like I've failed after those but now if I get asked to do something I really like speaking on a panel so um, I'm speaking at the Karen Brady um, Women in Business and Tech Expo in a couple of weeks and I'm bringing two of my team two of my colleagues with me um, and we're going to do a panel event and and I'll really enjoy that so it's finding a way to do it that you enjoy it. Yeah it's really and when you said so you're bringing those two people with you is that sort of part of your sort of identifying a couple of people that would probably I guess like benefit from this or just help develop definitely yeah Yeah. definitely um there's a lady who is is doing brilliant things for our diversity and inclusion um and there's another lady who's new to the organization who was a mental health nurse and she's had a career change to do a apprenticeship master's in data science and um, I met with her and I just thought wow she's so amazing and um I want to give her a platform to help build her confidence and give her a bit of exposure Amazing. It's almost like we planned this conversation because my next question was going to be about career changing into, into tech that you've just naturally shared about someone that, that yeah. has. We didn't even plan that. So so you've just mentioned there's someone that's come from a mental health background into sort of doing this um, uh, master's and sort of wanting to get um, into the, the tech space, mm-hmm. which I guess you'd probably on the surface of it, look at that and go, well, they're you know how how on earth could someone in mental health possibly go and carve out a career in in tech and, and this person is and it sounds like um you know they're able to do it in, a, in an amazing organization like Accenture so mm. what how realistic is it because I guess you know as you know I coach people to navigate career changes and sometimes they're dramatic sometimes they're a bit of a you know shift mm. um, it varies but from a tech or even a consulting perspective do you see people coming as, as career changers or yeah how realistic is it what, what's your view I guess of career change in tech or consulting um I think it's a really exciting thing to do and if I hadn't have started if I wasn't in tech then I would consider it 
I think it's hard if you've already achieved really senior levels and you're dependent on that financial status. And I'm sure you'll have a lot more experience of advising people on on that, because obviously you're going to start a bit lower down in the career ladder. But I'd like to think that your experience and maturity would help you then progress quite quickly. Yeah, there's lots of transferable skills, isn't there? Um, and funnily enough, I was chatting to the, the mental health nurse who's doing the career change about her transferable skills, because we're going to talk about it next week. And she was saying things like um, her storytelling that she uses as a mental health nurse mm. are invaluable, those skills in, um, in tech and the teamwork um, and collaboration that she's able to do. So mm. there's just so many transferable skills and we're looking for more diversity in tech. Yes. So um looking for people who are looking for career changes is a, is a new way we're looking to attract candidates and more of a talent pipeline into into this industry that's amazing because i think yeah so the, the vast majority of people that i speak to at least initially before whether i work with them or not but when they're at that stage of thinking like i want to change but i don't know how and the the immediate things that everybody always says is well no one's going to hire me because you know how could I possibly get a job in a new industry because I only know this or well I'm just going to have to start at the bottom or I can't afford to retrain and I guess you mentioned the financial aspect of course there is a sometimes a, an element of that but it sounds like she's not starting at the bottom this lady that you've just referred to in the sense that yes she's having to do some training but she's not she's not a graduate she's not somebody that's yeah. got no no transferable skills and, and no experience and that will propel hopefully her her profession. Yeah, definitely yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I'm really glad that's come up because I didn't even know. So, <laughs> yeah, well, and we've got quite a few, you know, we've got all sorts of, we've got ex-teachers, um, all sorts right. of people who are doing this career change in masters and they're in Newcastle and Manchester at the moment. Yeah. And there'll probably be more opportunities in the next financial year. Amazing. And so the, the career change, so is it, you said they're doing this, this master's. So is it, is that targeted at career changes? specifically? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So if they've had a previous I think the criteria is something like if you've had if you've got a degree of a two two or higher in a non tech related industry, then you can apply for it. That's amazing. Wow. I didn't even know about this. I'm going to go look it up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and so from your um, perspective, what are so, so career change into tech? Um, it sounds like there are courses and there is a, a drive to actually attract probably more you know diverse groups and, and women into that. What is your view on what else? So yes, you can go and kind of get the masters and sort of do the course, but what are the what are the skill sets, I guess, that you see where people thrive? Like what would it be that you'd kind of look for someone to have to join? You know, if you were looking at a career changer, what 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 are those sort of competencies that you'd look for? Um if you've got like an analytical mind, if you're curious, mm. if you're eager to learn, um, you're good at collaborating and at teamwork. Um, asking good questions, mm. um, confident, though that doesn't necessarily mean extrovert. You know, we can have introvert high performers as well. So, um, you know, if, if people are interested, get in touch with me and I'll happily have a look at people's CVs. Mm. I, I think it's sometimes hard to break in if you're not going through like a the master's a career changer programme, for example, if you're just looking to apply from the beginning. And it sometimes can be how you frame things on your CV. So otherwise the recruiters might reject it and go, well, they don't have experience in industry. They don't have any experience. For example, if one of the key skills is running agile projects. Mm. You don't have any experience, any delivery experience of actually true life agile. But yeah. you might feel you do. And it might just be how you present that in your CV. Um, so 
yeah, I think all of those skills are, are very transferable. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely true. Like what you, I was talking in a coaching session with someone yesterday who's definitely got a whole heap of skills and had applied for a job that she was like, oh, I could definitely do that job. And, and she got rejected. And we were talking about the fact that actually it's not just about applying for jobs, it's it having those conversations and, and building your network and accessing people that can actually. But also, you know, I think sometimes if you apply for a job and get rejected. So when I left Shell and I got approached to go to Microsoft, I kind of got headhunted. And then mm. the job that I was encouraged to apply for, they rejected my CV. Oh, wow. um, and I thought, I, I've done the job just like yeah. that. Well, that's ridiculous. So um, I was really persistent and actually I then got a, an interview and that job wasn't right for me it was really quite deep techie mm. um, and they suggested me for another role which I ended up getting mm. but it was that um, they actually said to me it was that persistence which made them think okay well we'll just have a chat with her and see what happens sometimes yeah. don't take no for an answer if you really feel you can do the job yeah um, and you don't that doesn't necessarily mean you've got all the skills to do the job. I've just started a new role within my organization um, because I wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone. I needed to learn and grow. Um, and on paper, I wouldn't have all the skills to do this job, mm. but I've got support around me to try and help me deliver in it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a again a really valid point about well, being persistent and kind of asking, don't just accept like, oh, they said no, I better, oh dear, it's all gone wrong. It's kind of like, yeah. well, why? And I think I've got the right skills and challenging things. But but it sounds like also you're navigating internally. And I think it's again, it's something I talk about with people quite a lot, is if actually your long-term goal is to land in X career, like what can you do internally that's good? Because I think you stand a better chance, don't you, of kind yeah. of doing something a bit new and different where you're tried and tested and trusted and you know all those things yeah, yeah. Uh, internally so well then you have sponsors around you and people who want to help you achieve and be successful definitely and just on that because again I think it's something that you are definitely brilliant at and talk about a lot which is around sort of having sponsors and, and mentors or you know allies to kind of build and, and help your network be that internally or externally and I think you're someone that's great at finding that for yourself but also being that person for for other people so what kind of advice or tips would you give to people who don't know how to get that kind of support around them like what is a sponsor how would they find someone or a mentor like what what's your views on that um my sponsors have usually evolved from my mentors and it's quite likely that we all have sponsors that we're not even aware of so the sponsors are the people who behind closed doors and opportunities being discussed and I'll go Amanda's good for that opportunity let's put her forward so you don't know those discussions are necessarily happening and you can't really ask someone to be a sponsor because they've got to really believe in you and want to give you that support and endorsement um but I've often found mentors through people that I've met been really impressed with mm. know that they have things I can learn from and so I've just asked them well, well do you have time do you have time for a one-to-one -one? I usually start with that can I have some time with you mm. and then in the discussion I might say I'm looking for a mentor and usually I have about two or three mentors at any one time mm. and then quite often um, I found that they then because they know more about me they get to know um, my strengths and my areas for improvement and where I might need to support to grow and um, mm. they then go on to become sponsors for me yeah and sometimes I have them within the organization and outside of the organization yeah and I think it's what really strikes me about everything you've talked about so far is just not being scared to ask because again I think that's something I recognize a lot when um and again I'm thinking about this conversation I had yesterday with with one of my clients where we were talking about starting to try and have build relationships find people to connect with and, and have conversations with 
and this thing about like oh but why would they want to talk to me and what if I do it wrong and what if they think I'm asking too much but it sounds like absolutely not like (laughs) and you know what it's it's interesting you've pointed that out I think that comes from when I was like 10 years old I got put down a year at school I'd been abroad for years and years and and was struggling academically and I remember a teacher saying to me there's no such thing as a stupid question Mm. and even in my new job um yesterday I got asked to take on quite a key role um and make significant decisions on on our account and I said well I'm a bit nervous what will happen if I make the wrong decision Mm. how can we how can we kind of verify that I'm making right decisions whilst Mm. I'm learning um, and I think other people maybe might have been afraid to ask that in case they look stupid. Yeah, but I thought better to ask than to make a mistake. Definitely. Yeah. And just being able to let go of something. It's amazing, isn't it? That thing that one teacher said to you when you were 10. That's kind of the thing that's still stuck with you now. Never forget a good teacher. Yeah. No, no, don't. Along the way. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so, if, and again, with your, um, you know, I read out your really impressive bio at the beginning and, and you know, you've talked about navigating this, this career and you speak on panels and, you know, on the, on paper, some people might be like, oh, wow, you know, she's, <laughs> she's got it made. But what, what would you say? And, you, you know, you're a mum of four as well. You've got identical twin, twin boys. And sort of, I think your other two are teenagers, I think I'm yeah. right. So, yeah, 17 and 13 and six. Yeah. yeah. So quite a busy... <laughs> household no doubt so what about having having children and being a working mum and and obviously that's been the case for you for the last 17 years how has that impacted your work do you think or your career um I think at times I've made so through my 30s when I had especially after I had my daughter Mm. like 13 years ago I made a decision to kind of what I call career caretake so I was in um you know solid stable role in Shell I just thought I'd, I'd, I deliberately, before I had my first child, pushed really hard on my career through my mm. 20s, got to a, a relatively senior level early in career. And um, and then kind of just I didn't coast. I worked hard, mm. but I didn't push for promotion within Shell. You had to apply for a job to get to the next level. I know it's different now in every organization. For example, like Accenture, you have to demonstrate you're delivering at the next level and you get it within role and mm. um, you have to meet criteria. Um, but. I yeah did career caretaking so my career kind of slowed down and mm. going back after my first I was I was um desperate to return I really missed work going back after my second I like really enjoyed that maternity leave and didn't really wasn't desperate to return I went back mm. on reduced hours and then having the twins it was different because I was you know a little bit older it was a bit later mm. in life and um, I knew I was coming back to redundancy so um I was then focused on making sure I left a legacy and um, left with good, strong relationships intact mm. with my colleagues. Yeah. And then that's when you, that was leaving Shell, was it, the, the redundancy? That was the redundancy. And that's when I set up the career mum. Yeah. 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 Because I think it's just one of those things that, that, that people kind of it affects everyone differently, doesn't it? For some or many people that I talk to having children's what's sort of shifted their, their priorities and, you know made them question is this really what I want anymore but for some who are lucky enough to still love what they do and it sounds like you really do yeah. have you know a love for your career and, and the area you work in it's yeah. about how can you make that continue to work for you as a as yeah a and it's hard and you know I, I, it's it's a constant balance that mm. I've never got right um but I love my career and I need it for me um you know we've talked before about how I was ill last year mm. and breast cancer returned to work in February and felt really fired up that 
time mm. was precious and I wanted to achieve my potential and I wanted to push really hard on my career mm. to achieve MD within my organization um now probably six to eight months in I'm, I'm rethinking again and going actually is mm. that going to work can I make it work is it going to give me the right balance if time is short is that how I would you know I mean it's not and I shouldn't say that people get upset with me for saying that but none of us are here forever you think doesn't it and reflect yeah, it what put yeah. a lens on it of who knows what you know you just know and there's just so many variables isn't there it's not about whether how much I I love my job and how much um, reward and satisfaction I get from being able to contribute to some of the most important projects that are being delivered in the UK. It's also about, am I able to give the right time to my family? And yeah. am I able to ensure that I'm giving them the best start in life? And am I getting a good balance with that? And that's the, that's the dilemma we all face as working parents. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you said, I think your words a second ago were like, it's something I've never quite got right. <laughs> No, I don't know anybody who has. I no. think they'd be I think they'd be lying. You mentioned before about, you know, you on paper you might look really polished mm. and high achieving. But the reason I do so much um so much of these podcasts and so much public speaking mm. is because I want people to hear I'm just a normal person yeah. with my own vulnerabilities. Um to tell my I, I like to tell my authentic story. I used to look up at people more senior than me and think that they were massive high achievers and they'd just mm. been a linear upward um track through their career but I think we're, we're all humans we all have um, things that happen in life definitely it's almost I almost liken it to social media you know you open up your Instagram and everything looks rosy and it's almost the same isn't it when you look up the ladder to the oh well, look at those women who seem to be doing it all and doing it all so well and it's all shiny and wonderful but actually who knows <laughs> who knows what's exactly. going on yeah I should imagine it's not as smooth as it looks no exactly and what would be your because it you know your I guess some people listening to this would be you know, they're in that camp of the sort of core of the people I, ha- I help who are going, oh, I really don't want to do this anymore, but what can I do instead? But some people are probably listening to this who are kind of maybe just having a bit of a wobble or just questioning, like, how do I get this right? How do I manage the juggle? Like, how do I know what's right for me in my career? What would be your biggest bit of advice as, you know, maybe for working parents or working mums who are having a bit of a wobble and not quite sure if it's a, I need out or... Yeah you know what would well, be your advice around that it's part of um why I set up the career mum because I see mm. I, I was seeing so many women around me especially after the second child drop out of their career yeah and it is hard to get you know it's got it's got easier over the years with brilliant returner programs like you do mm. um and I, I I do think it's hard to have that gap in career and still have the confidence to return yeah um so if you can you know what I've told myself through the hard times is my mantra has been this too shall pass Mm. and one day at a time and tomorrow it will be easier Mm -hmm. and so recognize that we have hard days never make an emotional decision so you you know things are really hard the house feels like it's on fire the kids are struggling that is not the time to make a choice to quit your career because then it's based on emotion not fact wait till things have leveled and then work with the facts and actually say well actually what what's the best choice for me and my family Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important because, as you say, so many factors can cloud your judgment. I guess it might be the work or actually is it because there's stuff going on at home or things just feel particularly hard because of some some situations with the children or you've just taken on too much as a family or just not got that kind of balance right at home. So, um, yeah, so taking that step back and and looking at the facts sounds like a a great bit of advice. um, And then finally, if you were to go back to your and it might be that there's nothing you do differently but if, if you went back to say your I don't know 
30 year old self and could either do anything differently or give that person some advice <laughs> what yeah. would it be um around my 30s I'd started to do a lot of work in data science mm. and um I I've become a a generalist of lots of stuff and mm. and I'm not deep on anything mm. and uh, data science is an area I still love but it's not something that I could uh, you know deliver a project in mm. so I think I would encourage myself to pursue that and not be worried about becoming a subject matter expert because we need more women in some of these key tech roles mm. um and there's lots of opportunity to progress far if you yeah. can do that yeah uh, so you would have probably sort of shifted your focus a little bit into that yeah that rather area. than go I, I went kind of down the leadership management route project management um rather than going deep into the key. project I was leading yeah that's interesting I'm just wondering if that's anything that yeah it's, it's funny isn't it with hindsight what might you've done but I wonder what stopped you at the time but anyway <laughs> well um, probably what stopped me at the time was was thinking that it was something for the guys to do interesting okay so there just wasn't that sort of female role model almost to go no you yeah. can't do yeah yeah so maybe it's seeking out female role models then isn't it sort of try and find that person that that is a bit like you or who you might like to be in the future yeah, and, yeah. And a bit more definitely fun. yeah I could have done that maybe a data architect yeah yeah amazing and so with the um sort of women in tech sort of lens or the you know sort of stem careers etc and I know you mentioned the masters the sort of career change um that the university are doing but is there any other advice if someone's listening to this thinking actually tech's something I'd really like to get into I feel like I've got a bit of a transferable skill set is there any other advice that you could share to anyone just starting out in thinking about oh it could tech be for me yeah I mean there's loads of brilliant boot camps that are sponsored by organizations so um I would say don't think right I'm going to have to sign up to a three-year degree mm. and I'm going to have to get a loan to pay for that or I'm going to pay for myself to do a boot camp or there is so much sponsored activity out there right. so look for those try out maybe a 12-week boot camp see if mm. you like it or even before that start following people on LinkedIn in the field you might want to work in so say you actually work in fashion and you mm. think, well, I'm I'm quite interested in working in the tech side of fashion. Mm. See if there's people who are um, uh, like social media uh, leads on on that topic, because you can work in any industry in tech. So you can actually stay in the industry you're in, but transfer into the tech sector. Yeah. Um, and and look out for boot camps. There's a lady in the northwest here called Becky Taylor. She runs one called um, Tech Returners. Okay. And there's just so many going on around the country. Yeah. Um, we just need more diversity and more women in, in mm. tech. So there's so much opportunity. Yeah. And it's like you said at the beginning, whilst it sounds like it was quite a difficult area to break into. And, and that example you just gave about data science when, you know, you worked sort of earlier in your career, but actually now that need to get more women in tech kind of in some way, not, not makes it easier to, to do, but to, to break into, it's probably there's a few more openings. Yeah, there. I, I think probably if I was um, doing the data science project now, mm. then I would have been encouraged to stay in that field and yeah. I would have been given a sponsor and I would have had somebody who had helped guide me mm. to achieve my potential there. Yeah, yeah. But that's great advice about the boot camps because again, so many people think, oh, I'm gonna have to, you know, I can't, I can't afford to retrain, but actually maybe they don't need to, maybe they can find some sponsorship or yeah, something. I mean, maybe even ask to take a career break from where yeah. you currently are. So don't quit. Yeah. Take a three month sabbatical, do yeah. a boot camp, see if it's for you, then quit if you if yeah. you find it's for you. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I did. Actually, I had my sabbatical and did my coach training sort of in that yeah. time and then, and then yeah, went back absolutely. for a year and kind of, it's a, it's, again, I think sometimes people have this perception of like, oh, well, it was all right for them because they must have had something or they yeah. you know, just made a leap. But actually most career changes don't just quit and start a new job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot that goes on in between. But well, thank you, Amanda, so much. Um, we've kind of run out of time, but I really enjoyed chatting to you. And I think there was loads of snippets of advice in there that, that people will take away um, sort of from the boot camps, the masters in career change and loads of stuff that I didn't even know existed. So I will be frantically looking up some of that stuff so I can, <laughs> I can make sure that my clients know about it too. Um, so again, as always, if there's anything um, for the listeners that they want to ask or you found particularly useful and want to share, feel free to let me know. My email is against the show notes. Um, and Amanda, hopefully you don't mind if we share your LinkedIn. Absolutely. Yeah. People are welcome to contact me. Perfect. Yeah. Cause I'm sure there'll be many people thinking they would like to do that. So, um, so yeah, we'll share Amanda's details and I'll also pop a link to the, um, the blog and the Facebook group as well. Um, awesome join and have a look at that um also don't forget i've got my free facebook group career happy mums um so if you're not already in there feel free to join it's a platform to support anyone looking at career changes or just considering any changes um where you can yeah come in and share your thoughts seek advice and all that good stuff so thank you amanda thanks again and thanks, um, great chat. thank you thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Happy Mums podcast. Don't forget to join my free Facebook group, Career Happy Mums, or maybe you'd like to book a chat with me if you wish to find out more about how I can help you move towards a happy place in your career again. You can find a link to book that call in the notes alongside this episode. But for now, until next time, thank you for joining me.